Stephen Henderson on the podcast today. We're talking about mental health crises and who should respond. Here in the city of Detroit, the Detroit police are trying something different. They're adding mental health technicians to the call responses when someone is having a mental health crisis. We talk with Eric Doa, director of the Detroit Wayne Integrated Health Network, and Arnold Wicker Sr., who's a crisis intervention team coordinator at Detroit Wayne Integrated Health Network. They are working alongside police to make sure that people can get the help that they desperately need. Eric, welcome to Detroit Today. Uh, thank you so much, uh, <laughs> Stephen. It's a pleasure to be here, obviously. Yeah. Also with us is uh, Arnold Wicker Sr., who is a crisis intervention team coordinator at the Detroit Wayne Integrated Health Network. Uh, Arnold, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. Good morning. So, Eric, uh, let's talk about this broader mental health response program first. How big is it? How many behavioral health technicians do we now have in the field working alongside police officers to deal with this mental health crisis? Wow. Thank you so much, Stephen, and good morning to everyone. So this is our co-response you know, program. It started in uh, 2019, and really it came about just as you referenced there, you know, uh, the murder of George Floyd. There was a, a recognition here by this organization, uh, the city, and the Detroit Police Department that you know, we needed to do not just a better job, but totally train our officers and uh, our families as well when it comes to dealing with folks with uh, mental health challenges. And so, you know, it started off with about, you know, 20 officers in terms of uh, the co-response team there. But just as you mentioned, with that $3.1 million grant, that's going to kick that up to about uh, 30, you know, plus uh, uh, co-response teams. And that is so, so significant on so many levels. Another thing that we found necessary too was to actually embed our clinicians within the dispatch centers so that when folks would call those dispatch, uh, the uh, dispatch centers, they would actually be speaking to a, a trained clinicians and dispatchers who've also been trained in uh, uh, CIT as well. Hmm. So, so the numbers here that we're talking about, first of all, the, the number of uh, mental health incidents that police are responding to, that, that thousand number increase over this time last summer, that's stunning. But also the number that the police are talking about in terms of how their intervention is working. They're saying they have prevented 898 suicides so far yes. this year. I want, I want to have you talk about the... The, again, the the great need for this and yes. how that need is changing, but also how effective you feel it's been so far to respond differently to these things. I tell you, uh, Stephen, it's been it's been huge. I mean, think about it. This is not just eight hundred plus lives we're talking about here. Think about all of the families and members who are com- uh, connected to all of those persons, and this is because the approach that has been taken by Chief White and uh, the leadership at DPD is that we cannot jail our way out of this, number one. Two, there has to be a different response in dealing with folks with uh, behavioral health challenges. And it has been not only tremendous for our organization, but also for DPD as well. I mean, look, 
uh, you're talking to someone, Stephen, whose wife was a police officer uh, in DPD for over 20 years. And our mantra was always, sweetheart, I want you to make it home as well. And she would always say to me, I also want whoever I encounter to make it home safely. Mm. So we have gone from a level where, you know, when, when those contacts do take place, officers now are trained in how they respond. And it has gone as far as the command staff also being trained in, in how to respond, you know, to, to those calls. Yeah. So, uh, Arnold, uh, I want to talk a little about, what actually happens here? What's different about the way that we're now responding to these things in Detroit? Talk about uh, what CIT is or what crisis intervention training is and, and how it works. What, what happens now when someone calls the police and they respond uh, to someone having a mental health crisis? Well, the biggest thing is it's a paradigm shift for law enforcement. I spent 30 years with the Detroit Police Department, and then, in the past, it was always, how do you respond to somebody that's in crisis? And when I do the training, uh, you know, we're very transparent. We say that we thought everybody was crazy, and <laughs> now we recognize, you know what? People are not crazy. They're experiencing a mental health crisis, mm-hmm. and it's important for officers to have a different skill set on how to recognize and understand the signs and symptoms that the person I'm talking to or I'm dealing with is experiencing something other than just being obstinate because a person in crisis does not respond the way that you know police expect an individual to respond. So for us to give them these, these new tools and, and explain to them, it's okay for you to slow down as a law enforcement officer. It's okay for you to slow down and spend time with an individual that's going through something because you can't rush them. That's one of the biggest changes in, in law enforcement, especially for C, with CIT, uh, Stephen. How are you finding officers to kind of take these these? suggestions, this training, um, you know, it's a stressful job. Uh, they, they often are not just defending uh, other citizens' lives, but, but their own as well when they, when they respond to calls. How open have you found police officers, Arnold, to the idea that, that these tools can work and that uh, there is a, I, you know, I, I imagine that there is a, a big dimension of this that's about de-escalation of of incidents, which is not always the thing that uh, that police officers can can are are, at, are even asked to do. Uh, really, <laughs> you, you you're absolutely right. That again, it's a paradigm shift. It's new. So those officers that are that are taking the training, the response has been overwhel- overwhelmingly acceptive because safety's number one. Understand? I think Eric touched on that. Officer safety, consumer safety, public safety. Safety, safety, safety. So there are times when we know that there, there's some, some threats out there, but recognizing that the person is in crisis, can we do something different to de-escalate that situation? So you're absolutely right. Uh, the uh, the um, Chief White has a de-escalation program in place alongside with CIT mm-hmm. to give the officers additional tools. Again, 
what is somebody going through right now? What are they doing? What's what's the problem? What happened to you not versus what's wrong with you? And can I do something to help you get better? Is there, uh, And we're teaching officers and we're giving officers resources that they had no idea about. Even for me, when I first got into CIT, they were ex- I was exposed to resources. I'm like, what? I didn't know that was available. What? I didn't know that was out there. And uh, the, the D1 personnel are like, yeah, we do that every day. These resources are available. One of the biggest takeaways from our training is resources for individuals that are in, a, in crisis that they're dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking with uh, Eric Doa, who is the director of the Detroit Wayne Integrated Health Network, as well as with Arnold Wicker Sr., who's a crisis intervention team coordinator at the Detroit Wayne Integrated Health Network. We're talking about uh, a change in policing, a recent change in policing to emphasize support for people who are having mental health crises when police respond. Uh, This is something that is going on here in Detroit. It's also something that uh, people are trying out in other communities. We're talking today about both things, what's happening locally as well as what's happening nationally. In a little bit, we're going to talk about uh, how this works on a national level. But uh, right now we're talking about here in Detroit. We also want to hear from you, our listeners, uh, while we have this conversation. Give us a call and let us know what you make of police work in Detroit. What do you make of police being trained in crisis intervention work? Do you have questions about this new approach to training in crisis intervention and sending out mental health clinicians into the field to respond to particular crises? Uh, Do you think that this is the beginning of a bigger reform in the way that we are policed in cities like Detroit. Eric, I want to come back to you really quickly and talk about what the future is of this kind of model. I mean, this seems to me to be a pretty fundamental difference in the way that we're approaching police work and the whole idea uh, of police work. Uh, give, me, give me a sense of where you see this going. Are we headed perhaps toward a place where there are just technicians responding to these kind of things where you remove police altogether from these kind of things? Are we moving to a place where police and their initial training when they are in the police academy maybe includes this kind of work so that they are different kinds of uh, responders? Stephen, we are already there on so many levels, Mm -hmm. and that's because we have the dedication and support of not only, you know, Chief White, but also other municipalities as well. Chief White has now made it a mandate that uh, 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 folks who are in the academy are trained in the escalation, you know, are trained when it comes to uh, uh, CIT. And that's huge. There are other, there are 44 municipalities within this county that have also, you know, trained out that who we, we have also trained their officers as well. But the larger part, though, is in terms of clinicians only responding to those calls. Part of what we are building here at DWIN is a mobile crisis response team. And those are going to be made of 
just clinicians who will be responding to some of those calls within the community. And there wouldn't be that law enforcement, you know, who rides along with those clinicians, but there will also be, you know, certain usage of technology so that law enforcement when necessary, you know, will be part of those uh, uh, runs. But I think it's important here too, to note uh, uh, though, Stephen, is that there will always be a need for law enforcement in some instances. Mm -hmm. And so we don't want to, you know, have this mindset that all of those calls are going to be at such that clinicians alone can handle them. There will be those calls, you know, God forbid, that will require some police presence. But we are very optimistic knowing that officers who are now trained in CIT will better be able to handle what may, you know, uh, what may have been a very challenging response, you know, uh, once before. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, Eric Doa and Arnold Wicker Sr., great to have both of you here to explain uh, this new approach to policing here in the city of Detroit. Thanks so much for joining us on Detroit Today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. That's it for the Detroit Today podcast. You like this show. You get a lot out of it. You ought to be sharing it. Share it with your friends and your neighbors, your relative, anyone you think would enjoy it and would add to this community that we're building here. Detroit Today is produced by Sam Corey and Nick Austin. Our technical director and engineer is Matthew Trevethan. And our student producer is Mira Kumar. Detroit Today's music is created by Sam Bobian and Will Sessions. We'll see you next time on the Detroit Today podcast.